The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by Neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, February 6th. I'm Danny Davis for the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by Mike Craven, who may be the happiest guy in the world because world, after today, no longer has to say the words 2020. It's only feb- February, but it's already Happy New Year. I'm off to 2021, and I could not be more excited. After a whole, and nowadays with recruiting, it's really like two years worth of a cycle. Uh, I love these kids. I wish them all the best. I no longer want to interview them and talk to them and bug them, and I'm happy that I get to do that with a new group of players now. Unfortunately, though, Mike, we still have to talk a little bit about 2020 uh, for the last time, last podcast on Wednesday. Big day. Uh, You added to your family, got a dog. Uh, Texas (laughs) added to its family. Uh, You know, uh, got two more signees. Let's talk about, unless you want to talk about the dog. We can talk about Taco. (laughs) We're good. We can go. We can move on. Let's uh, we'll talk about those two new uh, players. Uh, Carthage wide receiver, Calvante Dixon, four star recruit. And he was listed as an athlete, number 15 athlete on the 247 composite rankings um brother of texas running back uh keontae ingram so family connection there another family connection with texas's other signee alfred collins defensive lineman from cedar creek right down the road another four-star recruit number two d end in the country his uh uh, mother uh benita pollard collins was a uh, basketball player at texas their team mvp during the 93 94 season so fun fact there uh let's start off mike what players what kind of players did texas get on wednesday uh, let's start with Calvante. Uh, he's listed as an athlete, as you mentioned. He'll play slot receiver at Texas. You know, we we saw how much uh, Tom Herman's offense loves the slot receiver. We can even go back to his days at Houston and look at those stats. Uh, that's one of the most important positions on on the field. And with Devin Duvernay gone, we assume Jake Smith's going to be the heir apparent. Uh, but we saw Jake Smith get a lot of run as a true freshman. So I think Calvante Dixon can kind of come in and maybe play a similar role, do some slot stuff, maybe some jet sweeps help on special teams right away. Alfred Collins is a, a day one contributor. You know, he's probably not going to be a starter, uh, may not even be listed, you know, on the two deep, but he's not somebody who will redshirt. He's going to play some football. He's going to be in there, uh, at least on rushing downs early as he kind of figures it out. And he's a borderline five-star guy. I mean, I, outside of Bajan Robinson, he may be the highest rated player uh, in this class, depending on what recruiting uh, service you look at. And Texas needed defensive linemen. They're moving to a four-man front. They need as many bodies up there as possible. And getting somebody who's 6'5 and already nearly 300 pounds and can move uh, like he does because he used to play basketball like his mom uh, is a big step forward for a team that really needs playmakers on the defensive line outside of Joseph Vasai. Let's stay on that train. I think um, if you look at the 247 rankings, um, Alfred ranks third. He ranks you know, behind Bajan, the five-star, and behind, I think, Hudson Card mm. was their second-highest-rated recruit. But when you think of all that stuff, who was actually the most important player in this class? Defensive line is a very important position, and Texas has struggled with getting marquee names on its line. It's not as important as a quarterback, but Hudson's not going to play next year. Right. And you know, with the recruits that they're coming in, they also signed another important quarterback in uh, Jaquin Jackson. So... We have to see how that quarterback thing plays out. Running back in the five-star running back is obviously key, but you know Texas has a little bit of depth with Bajan Robinson and you know some of the other guys back there. So was Alfred Collins the most important player in this class? Yeah, I mean, I think if you were to rank just the guys who Texas had to sign, you know, Bajan Robinson was a great signee and he may be the best player in this class, but you know, running back's not a position that's going to make or break a program. I think we we've seen that at college and the pro football level where. 
you know, just a single running back. Isn't it's not you know Herschel Walker days, Ricky Williams days anymore. Uh, I would argue that Collins was the most important guy, not only because if you take away uh, his signature, you know, it's kind of a dud January uh, for the Longhorns. Only adding Calvante, who essentially was committed during the early period. He just played on the same week as the early signing period because he was in the state championship game. So really, Alfred's the only guy they brought into the fold under this new staff. So you take away him, would have been a very uneventful day. Oklahoma would have finished number one uh, with the Big 12 recruiting class. And he's right down the road, right? He's in Bastrop. His mom played basketball uh, for you. His other main option was Oklahoma. So had he picked your rival that you play every year, despite him living 30 minutes from you and his mom uh, being a basketball player at your university, uh, perception-wise, that would have been really bad for Texas. And then moving to a four-man front and needing defensive linemen, I think he's he's somebody who uh, they had to have, especially since they didn't get Princely and a couple other guys they were hoping for on National Signing Day. Now, I actually kind of got off my butt and uh, did some work uh, yesterday on Signing Day and went, was actually at Alfred, Alfred Collins' um, Signing Signing, which, let me tell you, that was a party. Um, I don't know. I know, you know Alfred gave a shout-out to his cheer coach, uh, the school's cheer coach, uh, school's track coach for kind of putting the thing together. The principal was out there emceeing. But if you're throwing a party, get one of those people to plan it because they had a pep band, they had cheerleaders, they had Alfred revealing his um, pick by popping a balloon. Kind of was like a gender reveal party, except for his orange powder instead of a blue or pink. It was – they obviously do not have a lot of um, – four-star, five-star athletes out in Cedar Creek, so they wanted to send him out right, and it was it was pretty awesome. And that, you know, I, I think that there's there's two things to talk about here. One, yeah, Bastrop Cedar Creek doesn't get this attention often. So, you know, you have a player like this. This is the best player that's come through Cedar Creek football ever, uh, without any question. And then two, I think it just shows how much they like Alfred. You know, mm-hmm. if the other coach, I mean, like you mentioned, the cheerleading coaches out there, track coaches out there doing stuff for him. That's not even the football coach. Football coach left. You know, the football coach there uh, resigned after the season. So to have all of his friends and all of those other coaches like him enough to put that together, I think says something about him uh, as a student athlete and what, what he meant to that campus. Anyway, so after all the pomp and the circumstance, and after Alfred took about 4,000 pictures, uh, me and Jonathan Thomas over at KXN were able to kind of pull him aside and get him to answer some of our questions. So we're going to play back that interview and uh, let you Longhorns get to know Alfred Collins a little bit. Well, first off, Alfred, man, just, you know, how good did it feel? To, how good does it feel to get this completely over? Uh, it's a relief. I'm going to be chilling for a little bit and absorbing this moment, and I'm just happy it's over. What was it about uh, Texas that made you want to go? Um, it just came down to uh, just how I felt on my official. Um, I feel loved. I mean, uh, it's close to home, and... They changed the scheme up, so and I like I like to play in. When um, they changed, or well, when they got a new defensive coordinator, I mean, how soon was it before you heard from you know Coach Ash? In a matter of days, yeah, it was very quick. So just like how reassuring was he when you had that first conversation with him that he was to fit in there? I just like the intensity he had. I feel like he knows what he's talking about and. And they run the fourth down scheme. Um, 
you know, I mean, you know, your family is all here, every, you know, everybody from the body's here, you know, just, you know, how, you know, how special was it to have everybody in the house and your parents right by your side? Oh, uh, it was a blessing to see everybody come, coming together and celebrating a big moment, a big turning point in my life, and, uh, just a blessing. I never, I never would have thought I'd be in this position. You guys did it big out here in Cedar Creek. You know, the, the pep rally, the band, the cheerleaders, the balloon pop. Who came up with all these ideas? Who do you need to give a shout out to? Our amazing cheer coach, uh, Coach Love, and our amazing track coach. She's everything. She's helped out a lot with everything. Uh, coach Kramer, Mrs. Uday, the audio video, and everybody to help put it together. Everybody. Now, obviously, you knew what was in the balloon, but had it settled in yet when you popped it that, hey, now I, I'm a Texas long. It really hit me. Like, I was going to cry, but I was like, man, I'm, I'm kidding. But anyway, it's like, it, was, it just hit like, this is really happening, and this is my next chapter in life, and time to go to work. How much did uh, your mom play a role in your decision? Obviously, she has the Texas ties. Or she said she kind of um, let you make your own decision, but did, did you lean on her at all? Um, I mean, her journey is her journey, so I, I mean, I'm not leaving it in the past, but it, doesn't, it didn't really phase my decision, you know. But now I'm here, so it all matters. How much, uh, you know, how much in the picture was Oklahoma, was Alabama? Was this a decision you made at the last second, or had you, were you kind of settled um, for a little bit? Uh, I made my decision last week because it was a dog fight, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, just you know, up. It was, everybody was first at one some point. So. What uh, what do you anticipate, or you know, what do you want to get out of your first year here? Uh, I just want to be developed mentally, physically, as a football player and as a young man. What do you want Texas fans to know about you? How would you describe yourself? What do you want them to know about you? Uh, I'm very laid back, quiet. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna love you. Uh, uh, I'm really, I think I already saw I'm chill, but I'm really, really laid back. Not much to do in Bastrop, so I'm out of time. I'm at home, sleep, chilling. So, yeah. Now that you do have that off time, you don't have to worry about recruiting anymore. You don't have to worry about us reporters. Yeah. How are you? I mean, I know you're playing basketball. How are you going to kind of use these last couple of months of high school? Sure, I'm just going to relax and before, my, before I go back, go to UT and start working. I got uh, one last one here. Just uh, playing at Cedar Creek, you know, how did that prepare you to, you know, for the division on the last level? Um, here. I feel like it just... Mentally, it just told me I could do anything I put my mind to because we're not very, like, big. We're a new school, and uh, football, we did amazing this year, but we're not known for football. And uh, I feel like I made my name by just going hard. And my teammates and everybody always been there to support me and keep me up and always keep me going hard. And, yeah. How often were you being asked asked uh, where you're going? How, how often were people bugging you and asking? Could you like walk to class without 26 people stopping yeah, you? Every day, just where you going to? Now they know. Yeah. Thanks, Robert. I really appreciate it. Congratulations, Mike. It wasn't all good news uh, for the Longhorns on uh, signing day. Obviously, you know, get Calvante Dixon who committed the, the day before, and Alfred Collins, uh, you know, signing the dotted line. 
those are two big gets. But Texas was also in the running for a couple other recruits who chose to play college football elsewhere for you know for whatever reasons. But Maynard defensive lineman Princely Yamada Milan um, chose Florida, kind of a surprise pick. I think a lot of people thought Texas and Baylor were his top two picks, but mm-hmm. he's going to the SEC. And then Duncanville defensive back Ennis Rakestraw, excuse me, um, he's going to Missouri. Won't be joining his uh, old quarterback to Quinton Jackson at Texas. So. Why did Texas miss on, miss on those guys? Obviously, you know everyone's going to have different reasons, and it's in the end, it is their choice, um, and they're doing what's best for them and their families. But why do you think Texas missed on those two kids? Well, let's, let's talk about Princely first because he was a, a commitment to Texas under the old staff. He decommitted in October, and then when Chris Ash was brought in, Texas really tried to put a full court press back out there and get him back into the fold. He didn't fit into the odd man front. Uh, Todd Orlando was uh, was going to play, so I think Princely and Texas's old staff kind of parted ways together. You know, like, hey, this is probably not the best place for you. Go look somewhere else. When they were going to run, you know, more of a, a style of defense that he'd fit into, I think Texas really tried to get him back in the fold. But it's like dating. You know, if you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and then a month later you try to get back together with them, it just never it never feels the same again. And I, I think that's what it was with Princely. I just I don't know if a month time. Uh, was enough to Texas for Texas to make up that ground it had lost. And then with Baylor, it was simply Matt Rule in there. If Matt Rule was still the head coach of Baylor, Princely would be signed with Baylor. He said that yesterday. So uh, it just goes to show how many you know factors are out there um, in recruiting. It comes down to scheme. It comes down to coach. It comes down to fit. And then at the end of the day, the SEC has a better perception uh, than the Big 12. You look at the guys that are drafted from the SEC, it outnumbers any other conference. That matters to these kids, whether you believe it should or not. And uh, he feels like he has a better chance of reaching his potential uh, in the SEC and at Florida than he did staying in the Big 12. And then uh, Enos Rakeshaw uh, from Duncanville, I think that was one of those where it was just a little too late. You know, Alabama, Texas came on him uh, in January and offered. And I think by that time, Missouri had already laid enough foundation to where he didn't, he felt like he owed it. Uh, to the coaches who had kind of recruited him the whole time and not just gone after a name brand that came in late. Mm-hmm. Uh, both very good players, mm-hmm. um, you know, good good high school careers um, for for the both of them. Two three years down the road, are Texas fans going to be on the message boards or in our comment comment section, kind of talking about yesterday and the day that they missed out on those ones and talking about? Uh, will any of these guys be the Robert Griffin, the Johnny Menzel, the guy that people complain about not getting uh, on signing day? Yeah, I think it helps that these guys don't play positions that maybe you know dominate the headlines. You know, it's not like a Johnny Menzel or a Robert Griffin where you know you just clearly saw them leading a team to success. Um, yeah, it, we definitely will if those two guys blossom and become the players that you know Texas and a lot of other programs thought they were. Um, and recruiting is an inexact science. You know, you go after as many of the guys as you can. You try to build relationships with them. And at the end of the day, they're they're young adults. They're making decisions that they think are best for them. And you just wish them luck if it's not, or you should just wish them luck if it if it's not your program. And you know, there should be enough players for Texas uh, to get that if they miss on a few, it shouldn't really impact them that much. Uh, yesterday, you were out at Princely's um, signing ceremony with a bunch of other. Uh, media members, obviously Texas fans are probably going to be a little bit bummed to hear this uh, interview, but he had some interesting things to say, so we're going to play back that interview and um, hope you give it a listen. Princely, why, why Florida? But at the end? Uh, I just thought that it was a, a great challenge for me and going, going 
going out there and playing against big competition will help me uh, get to my the next level of my game and just, just maximize my potential. that I know I know that I want to play uh, I want to play big competition and my goal is to go to the NFL and I know that the SEC uh, produces good big time uh, D linemen and I know that Coach Turner is a good uh, D lineman developer he won the D line coach of the year so when did you decide uh, I decided about three days ago three hours ago three days three days ago two or three hours how tough is that process in January kind of figuring all this out it was it was really tough, you know. Like I was real stressed out, but you know I I got through it. But yeah, it was it was a real tough process. What was it like to find the lead state? Uh, it was a little hard just for my parents and hard to like see them a little sad about it. But you know, to to get where I want to be, you gotta do like uh, you gotta get out your comfort zone. I think you surprised a lot of people today. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I saw you in December, A&M was in your top four, and today A&M was out, but Texas was in. What changed the dynamic there where the Aggies were out and the Horns were in and had a chance? Uh, really that, uh, so, it was, because those are two big schools in Texas, but Texas was really close to home, and it was really that Texas changed the uh, defensive scheme, so that's what really changed a lot. A lot of people thought Baylor had, mm-hmm. had a good opportunity, I guess, how much did the Matt Rule situation play into they played a big, big rule. I, I really, I honestly feel like I was solid to Baylor before he left, to be honest with you. What would you say to the Texas fans that just watch you come in and then go out? I mean, what do you want to say to them? <laughs> uh, I don't just say that it's all love, you know, no love lost. What are your thoughts on Florida's campus and the football program? Uh, when I went there, I loved all of it, the palm trees, everything. And the football program, it's a real good program. Coach Mullen came there and changed everything. So, yeah. How does your style of play fit the SEC? And the Gators recruiting class, if you a part of it, are you going to be able to knock off the Bamas and the Georgia? <laughs> yeah, I think I can, yeah. Uh, I just think my body type was just big time. I, I'm real aggressive, so I, I feel like I, I should play in a big time league like that. It's real. It's real. Uh, I'm real thankful. I've been. I was. Uh, I used to freaking pray for times like this when I was like uh, 10 years old. I used to watch these on TV and everything. So it's it's a blessing to be in this position now. How do you put it words? How close was it the last couple of weeks? How much, how much back and forth was there? <laughs> you would have. It was insane. Like crazy. I, I. My mind was all over the place. But yeah. I got to a final decision. Is there any advice now that you're signed that you would give to your younger self and guys that are prospecting and stuff and how to handle the I would say the earlier the better. Like to take business earlier and that where you want, where what's your fit is probably not your friend's fit. To be honest, I don't think I wouldn't be in this. I wouldn't. I don't think I would be in this position. To, uh, I wouldn't be in this position if I didn't play at Maynard because I feel like we have the best strength and conditioning coach in the state. Because he he grooms all the players into big into big. He makes his big and strong powerlifting everything like that. So yeah, I feel like uh, it's just a blessing that I was in this position to go to this high school. What are your goals? 
Yeah, Coach Kelly. What are your goals for your freshman year? Well, freshman year, I just want to, I just want to make a, a contribution. Hopefully, become a freshman All-American. Good, just to, it feels relieved with big weight off my shoulder just to finally be done with this. And you know, it's, it's been three years on and going, so it's been, it feels good. And when you see this crowd and all these people that came out to see you make this decision, how does that make you feel to have all these people have all that? To be honest, it's just a blessing from God. You know, it was, yeah, it just, it just feels good and overwhelming. So Texas did miss out on a couple of those recruits, but overall, pretty good signing class. Um, number nine overall, according to 247 Sports, 19 signees. That's a low number, but as you've said plenty of times on this podcast, they're bringing in a lot of high-quality, highly-rated recruits, which is why their number uh, overall number got boosted up. How would you assess Texas's recruiting class? You know, what kind of grade would you, if you were, if you were a teacher, what what grade does Tom Herman getting? You know, I give him a B plus, and some of that's not his fault. You know, he didn't have a twenty five scholarship option. You know, this this class couldn't be that big because of a lack of attrition and you know, how big some of the classes were when he first got here. Uh, for the for what he could do for going eight and five for exchanging out an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, and a bunch of other coaches. You know, to get a top 10 class and for it to be the smallest of the top 20 classes. You know, there's not another class in the top 20 that has under 20 commitments. So per player, this Texas class is better than last year's. I know that's going to be hard for everybody to take in because it's not the third uh, class in the nation. Uh, But per player, this class is better. And you got to remember, last class had DeGabriel Floyd and Brew McCoy, who never played for Texas. So uh, this is a really good class with a lot of good players. Eight guys already on campus. I think Tom Herman... Given what happened this year, given the coaching changes, I'm not sure how they could have done much better. This class is going to have, as we mentioned earlier, two quarterbacks as a five-star running back. Um, The addition of Alfred Collins yesterday helps with the – I think they ended up signing three defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are areas of strength, I would at least say. Were there any areas of weakness where you're like, okay, Texas probably could have done a little bit better um, in recruiting – you know, those positions. Yeah, cornerback is probably the one that sticks out the most. You know, they had uh, Ethan Pouncey uh, committed early, and he ended up decommitting, going to Florida with his brother, Jordan, that was on the Texas team. They had Joshua Eaton committed. Uh, he decommitted as well in October. Um, and then they wanted Enos Rakestraw yesterday from Duncanville to kind of become that second cornerback next to Keaton Crawford from John Tyler, and he went to Missouri. So to only sign one cornerback, and Keaton's probably more of a nickel safety than he is a corner. Uh, so really, I don't know if they signed a true cover corner this class. Uh, I would say that is the by far most glaring hole. As we mentioned at the top, your page has been officially flipped. We, we drug you back to talk a little bit more about 2020, but you're looking ahead to 2021. Fat 55's already out on hook'em.com. Um, where does Texas go from here? What does he, you know, where, obviously offensive line's a, a big um, area that they're looking at, but where does kind of Texas go as we head into the 2021 recruiting cycle? You know, this should be a really good recruiting cycle for Texas if they can figure out the stuff on the field. So I got this job right before the 2017 class signed, and there has not been a class as stacked in the state since 2018, and that's the one where they got Caden Stearns, B.J. Foster, DeMarion Overshone, 
Uh, all those guys, Brendan Eagles, all those guys came from that class. Anthony Cook, I think this class is that, you know, where Texas has a chance to really get, you know, 10 of the top 20 players in the state. They already have seven commitments, three of them really highly rated on the Fab 55 already. So this could be a top five, top three class for Texas because, one, they have the numbers to give out a bunch of scholarships, and, and that helps with the ranking. And two, the state is just loaded with talent at really key positions where there's almost no excuse for Texas not to sign at least a top 10 class. And you'd hope the product on the field improves, senior quarterback, uh, you know, different coaching staff, a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Hopefully those guys are healthy. So if the product improves on the field, I think Texas is, is in a good place to sign a really good 2021 class. And uh, we'll be talking a lot about that 2021 class over the next uh, few weeks, months. Uh, year. Year year um yeah i guess until next next december we can do that start that countdown but i think we're going to wrap up um our sunday Day podcast in this business mike you really can't survive unless you talk about how awesome you are um and tout your work and i think i think we do a good job here so i, I would tell uh, people to check out hook'em.com because in addition to your dotted line column that runs every day we had a lot of signing day coverage. I helped out a little bit. B. Davis uh, did a and a with Keaton Crawford, who we just talked about. Um, he, he did a story yesterday. Kirk Bowles had a column that ran um, yesterday about signing day. So there is a lot of content on hook'em.com if you are interested in recruiting. It really bothers me that y'all just kind of wake up, go do a recruiting story, and it's better than what I write. Like It, it absolutely bugs me that y'all just kind of wake up and just go write a better article about well, you're, recruiting I, than I, 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 I think you're being a little modest because you are – out there busting your butt more quantity than you're quantity on the career. you were on the uh front lines a lot of good I, I i tease i think um there are a lot of good recruiting writers out there that do a lot of good good work i think you are at the front of that line and you know we this product is a lot better with you doing what you do and i'm happy to come in once a year and uh you know, take take a victory lap and pat myself on the back for i'm gonna, I'm gonna cry my, my once uh my once a year contributions but uh, we'll be back next week with more recruiting talk. As always, um, we appreciate y'all listening. If you want to go shoot us a review at the Apple Store and the Google Podcast apps, our bosses would appreciate that. The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop at your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Uh, happy late signing day, I guess. Bye. Peace.